With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, pet lovers everywhere, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. You know, one of my favorite things about doing this show is I get to meet the most incredible people who do rescue work, and one of my absolute favorites is Russell Taylor from Majeska Ranch Rescue. I've known Russell since our Pet Place TV show days when he used to bring some of his available animals into the studio and introduce them to the viewing audience in the hopes of getting them homes. The interesting thing about Majeska Ranch Rescue is that they take in all types of animals from llamas to horses and dogs and cats too, of course. So Russell will be by shortly to let us know about all the latest news from the ranch. He's a great storyteller, and he's got a heart of gold. Then after our halftime break, our Pet Place book reviewer, Marianne Dell, will be stopping by to give us a rundown of some brand-new animal books she just got her hands on. If you've never caught Marianne's reviews before, you'll definitely want to stay tuned because she finds the most wonderful stories about animals that you'll really enjoy reading yourself. Stay right where you are, and we'll get started after a very quick message from the station, K. Mozart. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K. Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining us first this morning is Russell Taylor from Majeska Ranch Rescue. Good morning, Russell. How are you? I'm well, thank you, madam. How are you? I'm doing very well. And how are you managing with the animals in this very, very cold weather? Uh, well, it presents a number of challenges. You know, one of the things, as you probably know, is that at Majeska Rescue, we uh, we have most of the animals living in the house with us, at least the dogs are. And the oh, cats okay. Are. I was going to ask you, how about all your barnyard animals? Are they in there too? <laughs> well, well the, the barnyard ones, uh, they're having to contend with uh, even frozen water these days. You know, oh, wow. I was up there the other day feeding them at 5.30 in the morning, and the horse's water is frozen, the pig's water is frozen, the oh, cow's water is frozen. No. And uh, yeah, that's not why I moved to California. <laughs> Things have been a little odd lately. Yeah. And, 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 of course, the, the dogs are in the house with us, but we leave the doors open because so they can go in and out at all times. Oh, wow. And so our house tends to be a little cold. Oh, I expect so. Wow. <laughs> what's what's it been getting down to uh, in the middle uh, of the night? Oh, um, under 30. Wow. And you guys, every now and then, you get a little snow up there, don't you? Uh, we, we do. Uh, we, we've not had snow actually at the house. We're at about 1,500 feet in Majeska Canyon, okay. uh, but certainly Saddleback Mountain behind us, you, you see the snow about halfway down, so you know it's probably a you know, couple of hundred feet above us. Oh, gosh, so it's 
chilly. Uh, that's yes, for sure. I, think, I think that's uh, an appropriate term to use. And you have to get out there to take care of all of your rescued animals in the wee hours while it's still ice cold. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, let's remind all of our listeners what Majeska Ranch Rescue is. Uh, okay, well, we, we started in 2001. Uh, we've adopted out about 7,000 animals over that period. Wow. Um, mostly we started off with dogs and cats. We, we tend to rescue them. We started getting them from uh, uh, shelters, but we also have a lot of uh, what we call owner release, you know, people who decided for good or bad reasons they no longer want or need their animals. And we try and find them new homes. And um, having said that, over the years... Uh, we get in a lot of older and sick ones, so a good portion of what we've got now are really sanctuary animals. So they're old, they're sick, they may have cancer or diabetes or whatever, and not many people want to adopt them. So we have a lot of them, and then uh, so over they the years we've got... spend the rest of their lives with you. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, uh, um, we have horses and goats and pigs and cows. Uh, the cows are the latest one, and that was... What wasn't something that we'd planned. Oh, uh, well, is any of this what you planned, Russell? Uh, not really, not really. No, I, I, I think we, we, uh, when we started, we took two dogs from, a, from what was then Santa Ana Shelter. Mm-hmm. Wondered if we could find them a home, and uh, almost to our own surprise, we did. And so we just thought we'd try it again, and it, it, it's just mushrooming from there. You know? so, uh, I, I don't think we sort of stopped to think about the progress. It just almost rolls on and we chase after it. Oh, my goodness. So you have a couple of little baby calves. Yes, we do. Um, and One of our uh, regular supporters went to Orange County Fairground, and these two cows were there. And they were three or four months old at the time, and they're jerseys. So if you know what cows look like, jerseys are brown. They look almost like deer. They're, they're quite, uh, quite slight, mm-hmm. and they look very pretty. Um, but it appeared that their future was more likely to be uh, a veal factory than anywhere else. Oh, no, from um, the fairgrounds? And uh, the, the, uh, the, the lady who was there decided that she didn't want that for these, and so she actually bought them out of Orange County Fairground wow. and, brought, and brought them to us. Yeah, she had to buy them by the pound. Oh, oh. <laughs> my goodness. Well, that was, I mean, she sure has a kind heart, but then now you have two cows. What are you going to do? Um, well, we've, uh, um, they're growing, we feed them, and, and we are, you know, we're looking for a good home for them. But obviously, it needs to be a home that's uh, uh, going to have them as basically as, pets. You know, as, as you know, friendly outside pets. Yeah. As, as opposed to, uh, a few people have expressed interest, but... Um, uh, their motivations were not exactly what we would have wanted. Right. Did they come in with recipe books under their <laughs> arms? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. And and how do you find a home? I mean, in Orange County, there are very few places left, you know, other than the canyons, yeah. where you can have cows. Exactly. How, how are you going to find a home for these um, I I think uh, we just put the word out ar- ar- around people who know us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and hope something comes in. I mean, we're so busy, we we don't undertake a specific campaign to do so. And as we don't with most of our adoptions anymore, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we we uh, we're quite well known. And uh, I send out email blasts, and we've got websites and that kind of thing. And and things just 
come to us. Okay. Um, uh, you know, w- w- we've had somebody actually who doesn't live too far away who's expressed some interest, so we'll pursue that. Oh, um, good, good. And uh, or some other people have said they know people in you know, Wyoming and Colorado, so you know, may- maybe they'll end up there, so we'll have to see. Okay, well, I will keep my fingers crossed. Okay. I know last time we spoke, you had a bunch of horses that you had just rescued. Did you find homes for all of them? Uh, we did. We've uh, we've only got one left right now. Wow. Um, and how many did you have at, uh, at we, we, your we biggest had, number? We, we had 12 at one point. Wow. And uh, we, we'd, we'd rescued, um, in fact, I'd gone to England for, for, to see my mother, and my wife called me, Teresa called me, and said that she'd agreed to take in Ten animals from another rescue that didn't have any money left. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's a, a normal state for a rescue, as you probably know. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, of course, thought that they would be you know, cats or dogs or something, and they turned out to be thoroughbred racehorses. <laughs> and uh, the thing about eating like a racehorse, you know, they they eat a lot, but they were very pretty. And uh, uh, it, but it took us probably hmm, probably three years to find homes for them all. Wow. Um, but you did, and yeah. you just have one left. That we've is just remarkable. Got, just got one left. And in fact, the one we've got left isn't, isn't one of the racehorses. It's just another one that came in in the, in the meantime. Oh, but it's, no. uh, it's, it's old and it has some medical problems. And we've had it adopted a couple of times, but it hasn't really worked out. And it's a really nice horse, a white horse. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, Can somebody see the pictures of all your animals online? Uh, yes, and, and the, the best... The, we are working on our website. Uh, that's the the, uh, uh, the the refuge of scoundrels, isn't it? Uh, we, we have a website, <laughs> majeskaranjrescue.org, mm-hmm. and we have a lot on there, but we don't keep it up to date as much as we'd like, and we're working on doing that now. We do keep our Facebook up to date. So Majeska Ranch Rescue on Facebook, uh, when we get new animals in, we put pictures of them up. So we just got two uh, uh, two old Samoyeds. We got a Labradoodle a couple of weeks ago, much to our surprise. Wow! Um, What's the story on the Labradoodle? Um, uh, a lady had, had bought it, paid a lot of money for it, as you tend to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's you know, over eighty years old. They're energetic dogs. Yes, they are. It was just too much for her. So yeah, rather than just dump it, yeah, she wanted to find somebody who would find a proper home for it. So, wow. so we said, yeah, we'll, we'll be the middleman and find a good home for it. Okay. So next time I talk to you, um, you probably won't have the Labradoodle. You'll have, I suspect not. But we, you might have the two old Samoids. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I can't see anybody wanting them. Well, not wanting them. They're... Yeah, they have some medical issues, and they're 10 and 12 years old, and they're incredibly friendly, just really, really Aww. nice dogs. But and the, and uh, rescue wouldn't take them, Samoyed Rescue? No. Oh, no. That's too bad. Mm. What happened with them? Were they, did their uh, no, medical they, they, costs they, just they, get too no, much? They, the owner died. Oh, gosh, that is so tragic. You know, yeah. and we always try and remind everybody... You never know when one of those Acme anvils is going to fall out of the sky and yeah. and take you out of the picture. So you have to make plans for your exactly. pets. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're 20 years old, you got to do it. Yep, yep. Otherwise, and they're going to end up, you know, in this case, at least they got lucky and they're with you. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and you have to think about it. How long is this dog going to live? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and am I going to live that long? Right. Uh, and and if not, then what's then, then what are we going to do about it? And you know, people still mostly make pet decisions on emotion. 
Right. And uh, you know, there's more to it than that. It's not not just uh, practical things, but even you know, money. Mm-hmm. Animals cost money to look after. Well, especially if they have a health issue that yes. comes up. Veterinary bills stack up really, really fast, and you have to be able to take care of your pet in sickness and in health. And too often people will get rid of their pets at the first sign of any kind of health issue. Yep, yes, because it, it can be, as you point out, it can be expensive, and uh, you have to go into it with your eyes open, Definitely. Uh, hopefully as you do to any relationship. Absolutely. So what's your, since it's been about a year since we spoke, yes. what's your absolute best story for the past year as far as rescue and adoption and happy ending? Oh, that's a... Uh, <laughs> blindsided me with that one. Um, mm, I might need some notice of that one. Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, I think. Um, uh, oh, yeah. We had a um, we had a horse called Nina that we had for a long time, which was one of the the rescue racehorses. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a goat, an Angora goat with really long hair, and uh, we'd had Nina for probably two or three years, yeah, probably three years. And she had, uh, uh, shall we say, she was not the, sometimes not the friendliest. You know, she uh, uh, need, needed some, some behavior lessons. Okay. Uh, little, by, little by little, she got, she got friendlier. And eventually somebody came and adopted her and decided to adopt the goat as well. So they took Nina and the goat. And wow. they live They live not too far away in the canyon now and uh, seem very happy together because it seems like horses and goats tend to buddy up very easily. Oh, that's and very it, cool. And it was really nice to see Nina get a good home because she was a really nice horse. She'd obviously, I think, not maybe not been treated very well when she was young. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but she gradually she worked through that and, and now has a great home. Wonderful. And listeners out there, Russell and the Majeska Ranch Rescue can definitely use your support. So, Russell... Let everybody know, before I let you go, how they can support Majeska Ranch Rescue. Okay. Um, on our website, MajeskaRanchRescue.org, there's a, uh, uh, there's a donation button. People can donate by credit card on uh, using that. Uh, and we always need things like um, uh, even old blankets and sheets and uh, uh, obviously dog food, cat food, all those kind of things we need. And people do bring them to us quite regularly. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can use, get you can uh, ask us how to bring those things at getpet at aol g e t p e t at aol dot com, or you can call us at seven one four six zero eight three one one nine, and we're always grateful for support, even if it's just moral support. Definitely, and and I'm so happy that you guys are continuing to do what you do because you really. You've done amazing work over the years, and oh, it's and, just and been a pleasure to know you. Thank you. And, and it might, one thing, I, I sent you a, uh, one of the stories I write. I write stories about the rescue, and if anybody wants to be on the email list for that, for those, uh, then again, just get get in touch with us. Email us at getpet at aol.com and tell me you want to be on the email list, and I send stories out about um, about life at the rescue, just what it's like to be there. Oh, that's so fun. So I just want to thank you for being on the show. You're great. Thanks a lot, Marie. Take care. We need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, Marianne Dell will be checking in with a brand new batch of pet-related books that she's reviewed, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back on K-Mozart. Mozart. 
We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and with me now is our Pet Place book reviewer, Marianne Dell. Good morning, Marianne. How are you? Good morning, Marie. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well, and I'm real excited about the list of books that you sent. Your first one is called Dog is My Co-Pilot, which I've seen so many bumper stickers that say that, and I love (laughs) that bumper sticker. Yes, and it's funny because the bumper sticker has nothing to do with the book. The bumper sticker was originated, as far as I know, by Bark, which is a great dog magazine based out of Northern California. Uh This book is about a group called Pilots and Paws. Wow, yes, they've actually been on the show. Oh, awesome. They're a very cool organization. Yes, well, then you know about them. This book kind of introduces people to them if they aren't aware of the group. It was started um, in 2008 by a woman named Debbie Boys and a man named John Warenberger. Um, Debbie lived, probably still lives, in Ohio, and she had recently lost her Doberman, uh, who had been sick at a very early age, and she had nursed her back, and it had been one of her sole dogs. And she had lost her and was looking for another, and she found a dog who... As animal people will know, just struck her, found her online, and she was in Tallahassee, Florida. And she wondered, how the heck am I going to get this dog to me? But I have to. This dog needs me. The dog was not in real good shape. Mm -hmm. And she just put the word out via email to her network of friends and associates. And uh, John Warenberger, who was a friend of hers, got in touch with her and said, Hey, look, I'm in Tennessee. Why don't I fly my plane down to Tallahassee, pick her up, and fly her to you? And this was how Pilots and Paws was born. They thought, you know, we can transport animals faster, really with less concern when you do. There's a lot of automobile-based, trucker-based, any kind of vehicle-based rescue networks all over the country that transport animals, and God bless them. Mm -hmm. But, of course, whenever you transfer from one person to another or you stop at a rest stop or some area, you have an animal that is in a new environment, it's maybe just come out of a shelter, it's very scared, and the potential for losing that animal just by having it slip a collar or harness and run off is it's there. Mm-hmm. And by flying in private planes, you have fewer transfers, although you do have to do transfers sometimes. Um, and if you have short hops, you know, if if I'm trying to get a dog from here to San Francisco, I can put it on a plane that flies out of Long Beach or Hawthorne or one of the private fields around here. There's mm-hmm. a lot more of them than commercial fields. And can fly up to a private field up near Northern California. The owner can pick it up, and you've eliminated any possibility of losing the dog along the way. Wow, that's wonderful. And I know a lot of pilots just like to fly and want to get some hours in to stay current on everything and And they're animal lovers, too, so this works out for everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. So Uh, what does the book get into? The book is the story of two dozen of the group's first rescues. And it talks about how the dogs came to be traveling, some cases how they came to be in rescue, uh, how rescues found homes in faraway states or not so faraway places, but too far for someone to just take a short drive and pick up the animal, Mm -hmm. Um, and it talks about how more and more pilots joined the group, 
and started doing rescues. There's a lot of really nifty photographs of the dogs flying. Some of them fly in crates. Some of them just fly harnessed mm-hmm. into the back seat of the plane or oh. even the front seat of a plane. Okay. Sometimes one fi- pilot flies, sometimes two. There's a couple who flies together, and they take turns flying, and one of them flies, one of them watches the dogs. Um <laughs> <laughs> I remember about two or three years ago, and this made the local news, there was a chow in one of the local shelters, I want to say Downey, maybe Siaka, and um, there was a home for her in New Mexico or Arizona, and trying to get her there, she was shaky Mm health-wise, she had some health issues, and there was a great deal of concern over putting her in a car and having her drive this distance and a pilot from Arizona was coming out here and said, I'll take her back. I'll take her back to Arizona. Um, I don't think the family was too far away and they were going to fly to him and get the dog from him. And the local media had a story about the rescue bringing the dog to the airport. I think it was the Compton Airport. Uh-huh. And the pilot was there, and they put her on the plane, and she had goggles on. And <laughs> had pictures of him taking off with her sitting in the co-pilot seat. Wow. And um, I think what actually ended up happening with that is the pilot actually ended up keeping her himself. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know for sure what happened on the other end, but I seem to recall hearing that. It oh, was, wow. How funny. You, you know, just one of those, even if you aren't in rescue, if you just like dogs, mm-hmm. this is a great book because it's one of those feel-good books. The endings are all happy, and it it saves, you know, it saves lives that otherwise might not be saved. And somebody can find this book where? Oh, gosh, you can find it probably in brick-and-mortar bookstores. The publisher is Andrews McNeil, so it's fairly um, available. The author's name is Patrick Reagan, and that's R-E-G-A-N. You can also find it on Amazon. Okay. Um, so it's pretty readily available. Excellent. Let's go on to your next book. It's called Willing Dogs and Reluctant Masters on Friendship and Dogs. Yes, this is by, I'm probably going to mangle his name, Gary Borhessen, B-O-R-J-E-S-S-O-N, um, from Paul Dry Books, and it's 14.95. The author is a philosopher, and he writes like a philosopher, and if you've ever read philosophy texts, they can be a bit meandering and circular in their arguments. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those books that is not a casual sitting by the pool with a drink on a Saturday afternoon reads. This is one you really have to sit and think about and parse. And it took me a little while to decide whether I liked his theories or not because he does talk quite a bit, particularly in the beginning, about dominance and being the alpha. And that's one of our theories of the dog-human relationship that I wish we could get a little bit away from, not so much because somebody has to be dominant in a relationship. If you look at familial relationships, really parents are quote-unquote dominant Mm -hmm. with their children, but used in the wrong sense, dominance can be a very bad thing, as you and I both know. Mm -hmm. Um, But Borhassen uses it in in a way that I agree with, and that's we want to form not just master-servant relationships with our dogs. That's not what we want. We want to be friends with our dogs. We want happy, healthy, symbiotic, convivial relationships with them. And his view of master is 
the person who explains the rules helps the dog learn them in a humane manner. Mm -hmm. um, again, a few of what he considers humane manners. I'm not, you know, he's a he's a choke chain user, and I'm not. Oh wow! But um, he seems to use it relatively. You know, he's not a choke the dog to get your point across. He's apply a little pressure to get your point across. Um, and 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 so I I forgive him his methodologies in some ways to applaud his overall stance, which is we have this opportunity to form this really wonderful bond with these creatures that we bring into our lives, and we need to do as much as we can to make the most of it and to help them understand that we are there as their protectors, as their friends, as their helpmates. Um, and to that end, I, I really do applaud him for trying to make us see that we can make this relationship be so much more okay. than a lot of people make it. Dogs are not to be thrown in the backyard and ignored. Absolutely not. Marianne, I know that you had one more book in store for us today, but we're actually running out of time, <laughs> believe it or not. So can we have you come back soon and talk about your third book and maybe a couple more, and we'll make sure we save a little more time for you at of that course. point. Of course. We'll save that one for next time. <laughs> Absolutely. It's always so much fun talking with you, and, and you just find the best books. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I always enjoy being here. We need to take one last break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. There is a brand new national study going on right now that will hopefully shed some light on how to beat cancer in dogs and people. The Morris Animal Foundation and the Flint Animal Cancer Center are looking for families that own golden retrievers two years of age or younger to take part in this research. To join the study, golden retrievers must be healthy and pet owners must agree to take their pets to regular visits with their own veterinarians and to complete online questionnaires about lifestyle, diet, environment, exercise, medications, and other health concerns throughout the dog's life. It's a big commitment, but it can really make the difference. Since dogs share our environment, they're exposed to the same carcinogens that we're exposed to, so this can really provide some excellent data for the fight against cancer. For more information or to apply for the study, visit www.caninelifetimehealth.org. Dogs must meet initial qualifications to be invited to complete the application process. The goal is to enroll 3,000 dogs over the next two years. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spare new to your pets and have a wonderful day.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.